0: It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying differently. Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford, and welcome to The Growth of podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb 2 bcom for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Audrey Agarhan, content marketing strategist at Advanced B2B. And today we're talking about what the heck is growth marketing? Now growth marketing is all about sustainable and scalable growth. And in this episode, Audrey introduces us to Advanced B2B's growth marketing formula that blends brand strategy with agile marketing operations. Audrey also discusses the Sprint-based Agile operating model, advanced B2B users to run their growth marketing activities, the framework they use to prioritize ideas and experiments, and how to use content marketing as a growth driver. We also hear about a growth marketing case study used to achieve over 100% year-on-year growth and how SaaS marketing teams can get started with growth marketing. So this episode is packed full of insights. There's all this and there's a whole lot more on episode 70 of the Growth of Podcast with Audrey Agahan, content marketing strategist at Advanced B2B. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast and it's my pleasure to welcome Audrey Agahan to the show who is content marketing strategist at Advanced B2B. So Audrey, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited
0: about this. Likewise, super excited to have you on the show as this episode is about growth marketing which is a term we're hearing more and more about these days I think not just in b2b SaaS, but in marketing in general so I think to kick things off let's cut to the chase so what the heck is growth marketing
1: (laughs) well I think there are a lot of different definitions and approaches out there um but at Advanced B2B, we've kind of come up with our own growth marketing formula, which has two key elements, uh, brand and agile marketing operations. Uh, and when I say brand, it's probably not what most people think. Um, brand is such a crucial aspect uh, for growth, but it's, I think it's often forgotten or put on the back burner. Uh, but brand isn't just about like good advertising, like what you see on Mad Men. Um, it's much more strategic than that. It's about nailing your brand positioning, having a strong vision, um, listening to your ideal customers, um, and, and delivering the right product for for them. Um, and I think you kind of know when your brand is on the right track, when like those right fit customers really get the value that you're providing. They don't try to, you know, get a discount or haggle the price and they Immediately start getting buy in from, uh, from the rest of their company. So, when you have a strong brand, you'll have happier customers who, who stick around. Um, and I think the second part of growth marketing, for, uh, our growth marketing formula is agile marketing, um, which is just an experimentally driven way of working that's designed to, to establish the brand with your existing customers, um, make them part of the brand, or take your brand out there and get new customers. So it's always really about having a clear vision of what the brand is, who it's for. And I think equally as important, who it's not for. And and together, these two elements uh, create a sustainable customer base. And for us, that equals
0: growth. Yes, that is such a good way to break it down. And I think, as you said, brand is such a critical element of growth. It really sets the foundation for everything you do. And we'll come on to talk a little bit more about the framework and the experimentation model that you use on a day-to-day week-to-week basis but i think before we jump into that so that's growth marketing so what is the difference between growth marketing and say traditional marketing
1: yeah so i think in the past marketing only focused on acquisition especially a few years ago when like you think about how big content marketing was it was really about generating leads kind of any leads it was is really a numbers game Um, At my previous in-house marketing roles uh, at tech tech companies out in LA, um, I often made annual marketing plans, and this was, I think, very typical in traditional marketing. Uh, And when a plan was made sometime in like fall of that year for the next year, that plan wasn't very flexible, um, at least not for me, because often I would get allocated an annual budget based on that very specific plan of how we were going to use that money for for the following year. Um, and on top of that, like whatever data we were tracking was usually fragmented or not even existent uh, and, and not used strategically. Um, so, in growth marketing, marketing is an essential part of like the entire customer life cycle, even beyond after closing a deal. Uh, we also pay more attention to compounding growth um, rather than kind of bouts of explosive growth, which we'll kind of talk about later. Um, when we talk about growth hacking, um, but that leads to more like sustainable growth. Um, and I think the most successful marketing teams align their KPIs with business goals um, and they're customer focused. Uh, they work closely and align themselves with other teams like sales and products uh, and make their decisions based on data. So this just means instead of like that annual yearly plan, um, like in growth marketing it's agile and organized around data-driven findings and it's always being adjusted so at advanced b2b uh we do this in monthly sprints
0: yeah that's awesome to hear and i think in addition to growth marketing and traditional marketing as you just said in your answer there's growth hacking which is something else that we can throw into the mix and that came along in around 2010 so what are then the differences between growth marketing and growth hacking?
1: Yeah, um, I kind of alluded to it, but I think these terms are often used interchangeably, but they mean different things or at least like how they're used or why they're used um, and the angles are different. So growth hacking is often driven by a product um, and it's more typical for early products um, and early stage companies to hack their growth. Uh, And while growth hacking often looks for like quicker wins and to get their product out there, um, growth marketing looks more for sustainable growth and both are equally valid and depending on the situation one could work better than the other. Um, I think most people know about the iconic example of growth hacking when Dropbox offered their like 250 megabytes for extra storage to any user that invited a friend, if that person created an account, um, which got their signups to soar by 60% almost overnight. I mean, that's the kind of like customer acquisition cost you dream of, but you don't really hear those unicorns uh, as often anymore. Um, But I think more recently, like clubhouse audio app spread like wildfire through sort of a a similar exclusive invite only model which i mean i was really guilty of that too like i wanted to to have this app and and i invited everyone i knew so so yeah it still happens every now and there but i think it's not as common um as it as it used to be when it first came out um and the term hack has its background from tech companies uh that often like have a product team, but they might not necessarily have a marketing team. So the product team try to uh, come up with ways to generate users uh, and test product market fit and quickly iterate uh, their products. So maybe that's also why when we talk about hacking, it's it's a term that has its roots in engineering. Um, and I think some people think of growth hacking as a silver bullet for magical growth uh, and revenue, but that just doesn't exist. Not not in growth marketing and not in growth hacking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we get more practical here, so Advanced B2B is a growth marketing agency. So how do you work and what does your growth marketing operating model look like?
1: Yeah, sure. So when we work with new clients, we typically have a strategy phase that's around one to two months. And then we move into like daily operations, which is done in monthly sprints. Um, And during the strategy phase, we'll have a kickoff workshop where we deep dive into a company situation and we'll try to define things like business goals, marketing goals, uh, their priorities, um, and learn more about their product and their USPs. Um, then we'll have an ideal customer profile workshop, where we get to know their best customers and target audience from an internal stakeholder point of view. Um, but to validate this data, we'll run our own customer interviews of their best customers, uh, some of their churn customers, and and if possible, even prospects, so that we can get like a deeper understanding of their customers, their pain points how they talk, why they buy, why they didn't buy. Um, so yeah, this, this helps us to truly be customer centric in everything from writing content that resonates to prioritizing the most uh, impactful marketing activities. And, and after the customer interviews, we'll close off the strategy phase by creating a growth marketing strategy plan um, that will act as a steering document for our monthly sprints. But this is a living document that will continuously transform a- as we learn more. And um, once we move into our monthly sprints, we'll, we'll create a hypothesis based on our learnings and suggest marketing tasks and experiments that, that have the most potential. Uh, and at the end of each month, we'll have a retrospective meeting with a client to go over the results of our work and see how we've done against our target KPIs and goals that we defined, you know, during the strategy phase. Uh, and from there, we'll decide what worked and what didn't work. And we'll, we'll kind of go big on the things that, that did work and maybe drop things that, that weren't so
0: effective. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And marketing is such a broad discipline. So you spoke there about prioritizing different experiments and deciding what to work on is critically important. So how do you then actually prioritize the tasks or ideas and decide what you're going to work on during each sprint?
1: yeah definitely. i I mean, as a previous in-house marketer, I think the thing that a lot of us struggle with is saying no uh, when you're getting like requests from you know all these different departments. So I like to use like uh, the pie prioritization framework where we score each task on a scale of, One to 10 based on potential importance and ease so i'll score each task uh, and also whoever else is on my team and i'll also let the client score each task and then we'll take an average of the scores to help us get a pie score Um, and i also love using this type of scoring framework when i do things like a content audit and i need to figure out like how to prioritize content optimization so it, it doesn't just work for like figuring out like certain tasks, it also works for, we've even used it for prioritizing like ad optimizations, for instance. So I think it works pretty well.
0: Yeah. And as you said, you're a specialist in content marketing. So let's dig into that a little more. So as a content marketing strategist, how can you use content as a growth driver?
1: yes this is my favorite topic um <laughs> <laughs> well it, you know people are probably wondering why is a content marketing strategy is talking about growth marketing well when we build our growth marketing strategy our content marketing strategy is built into that and for it, it plays usually a huge role in it and and while brand awareness and sentiment are often like i think really tough to measure specific pieces of digital content are like definitely measurable um, especially with all of the tools we have these days. Um, There are so many ways that content can be used as a growth driver, but I always start by looking at where the growth bottlenecks are for for a company. For example, um, with SaaS companies, if customer churn is the issue, then I'll look into things like nurturing sequences or creating um, more delight stage content and finding ways to distribute that content like where and when it matters. Um, And another example is creating like a pillar page and continuously optimizing it and amplifying it through a distribution plan so that it slowly but surely starts ranking for the target keywords you're aiming for. And this is something that you can, that can take a while to see the impact, uh, but what you should remember here is that you can't just create content and leave it. And more importantly, you have to create content that actually provides value to your ICP. And, and uh, for me, it's like, I always try to aim to make my content like basically more awesome or at least provide a different viewpoint than sort of the benchmark uh, top ranking articles out there for those same keywords.
0: Yeah, that's really good to hear. And you said earlier at the end of each month, you have a retrospective and look at what's happened, what's working and what isn't. So how do you actually measure, analyze and report on performance?
1: Uh, yeah, so I first like to define what our North Star metric is, which should always align with, you know, the overall business goals. And and sometimes figuring out your most meaningful metric uh, is, is sort of the hardest part. Um, and so a, t- a typical example of this is like when you focus on form fills for like a gated piece of content and you spend all your time reporting on form fills when there's like so much more data beyond that. Like which of these form films actually become customers, how much pipeline was generated um, and how much of the ARR bookings like are generated through, through those form fills. Uh, I I can go on and on about this, but once the North Star metric is defined, then I like to identify supporting like metrics and set goals or targets and make sure I have some sort of benchmarks for what success looks like uh, for that specific client situation. Um, And since I work in monthly sprints, I analyze and report on metrics on a monthly basis. Uh, But I also like to have quarterly and annual check-ins to get a better understanding of performance at a higher and overall level. Um, and in terms of where I extract the data, I use like Google Analytics, Google Search Console, and SEO tools like uh, like SEMrush or Ahrefs. Uh, HubSpot is like my go-to CRM. So if a client has that, then I try to build the reporting on a, on a custom dashboard there to monitor performance for sales, uh, like website content, uh, any email campaigns you're running, ad campaigns, social campaigns so it's really nice when everything is like tied into you know your CRM um and but if they don't have HubSpot I'll use like tools like DataBox or SciSense for gathering data and and reporting
0: yeah that's really good to hear and uh it would be awesome to discuss a case and hear about growth marketing and and what you're doing on a more practical level and I know you worked with a company called Virta which I'm going to say that again, a company called Virta, which (laughs) offers (laughs) solutions to B2B companies to launch, grow and operate their own commercial services in the EV charging ecosystem. And you help them achieve 100% year on year revenue growth, which is incredible. So can you talk us through that growth marketing case and let's break it down. So what was the challenge you had with that client?
1: Sure, but but first I have to say, I love your like Finnish pronunciation, (laughs) spot on. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so they're one of my favorite clients. Uh, We started our partnership in 2019 um, and Virta's major challenges were identifying uh, and getting a deeper understanding of their ideal customer profile or ICP, uh, which would help to narrow down their target audiences and understand where they should focus because at the time they were trying Kind of market to like over 10 segments so it was just really hard to to know where to like focus their efforts and and kind of where to go all in um another challenge was online visibility and growing their brand reputation and credibility uh, and lastly they wanted to increase inbound um lead gen and 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 build also like a proper foundation for their for their lead gen
0: awesome so from here what did you then do and how did you go about tackling these challenges
1: yeah so earlier i mentioned our process of having like the strategy phase and various workshops Um, so during that strategy phase uh, we interviewed around seven of their icp customers So once we built that foundations, um, there were a bunch of different activities that we focused on. Um, One of the first things we did was we refreshed their website content and design uh, twice, actually once in 2019. And we actually did it again uh, in February of this year uh, to address like a more narrowed down ICP that we helped to establish. Um, We did a lot of CRO, especially with landing pages for lead gen. Um, We started using an SEO driven uh, topic cluster and pillar page framework for target audiences based on the customer research uh, to build brand awareness and online visibility. Uh, We planned a lot of full funnel content to support ongoing lead gen um, and search driven content. We have built a lot of eBooks, infographics, blog posts, case studies, like within each target segment that we like identified. Um, and we ran paid advertising on Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Bing. And Bing was started off as sort of an experiment, but it actually garnered some decent results and was super cheap compared to the other channels. Um, there was much more, but these are probably the most impactful things that, that we did.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And what kind of results did you get after all this work?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when we compared 2019 to 2020, um, after just a year of working together uh, the revenue generated increased by 159 percent uh revenue in the pipeline from online channels shot up by 118 uh, percent the number of customers increased by 119 um, percent website traffic after our first redesign increased by 111 uh, percent and for every one euro uh, we invested in paid acquisition um, it resulted in 11 euros and 20 cents uh, in the pipeline like what we learned after our first year is that like the customer interviews we ran were really helpful in narrowing down their icp so we started with ted segments and today we focus on about four but that icp work is like still evolving that's why we like did two um like website refreshes and the quality like evergreen content that we like the pillar pages that we created uh, we, we all we continuously optimize those and that kind of demonstrated how like slow and steady wins the race and it was really a testament of compounding growth um, and we needed to continuously monitor and analyze like our web analytics and paid advertising efforts to see like what should be stopped, what should be amplified, what should be optimized. And on the content side for Google ads, I liked to look at the quality score and the landing, expa- landing page experience to see like how I can help improve our paid acquisition teams, like already awesome work. So um, yeah, those are just some of the, the like learnings that we we had too.
0: Yeah, that's super good. And those numbers are insane, really incredible numbers. And um, before we wrap up and jump into our, Fast five challenge. I would love to know, Audrey, what advice would you give SaaS marketers and SaaS marketing teams on how to actually get started with growth marketing?
1: Yeah. So, um, this podcast is a really good resource, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our website, advancedb2b.com, has some really good blog um, and we started doing blog content and we've started doing some webinar uh, content as well. Um, And we actually started this new campaign. So we've got a great uh, growth marketing 101 uh, post um, and we've got a really good step-by-step like guide to better customer research in B2B. But we started doing this campaign like that's called Talk to a Growth Marketer where you can like book a 15 minute call with one of our growth marketers. And not one of our salespeople. So, so this is like a casual talk to answer any questions you have about growth marketing, um, our services, our uh, our company, and and also like for us to learn about how you do your marketing and whether it looks like growth marketing could be something that you should focus on. Um, this started off as like a Valentine's Day idea we had where <laughs> you can go on like a date with a growth marketer. Uh, and it garnered like some pretty good interest. So now it's morphed into this regular thing, which we hope like adds uh, some value to our prospects before they actually get into any sales talks.
0: That's awesome. Sounds like Tinder for growth marketing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind. Of, that was kind of the idea. We just ran it around Valentine's Day and it, and it grew to the snow, bigger thing.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, this was super good. and We could now move to our closing questions and our Fast Five Challenge. So Audrey to wrap things up, I will ask five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready?
1: Yes, I think.
0: (laughs) All right, let's do it. First question, what is the one book you would recommend others to read?
1: Uh, okay, I have to like kind of cheat on this one and share two. Uh, marketing wise, it'd be like product Life growth by your previous guest, Wes Bush. It was a super good crash course into PLG and had really actionable advice. But the other one is the power of vulner- vulnerability, uh, teachings on authenticity, connection and courage. I know this isn't a marketing or business book. But honestly, it's transformed the way I looked at life and myself. And it helped me to be to view vulnerability as a strength rather than a weakness and live like a really more authentic life. And I think when I was an in-house marketer leading market for tech companies in LA, I felt like imposter syndrome pretty, pretty often. So this book helped me realize that when we bring our most authentic selves to the workplace and aren't afraid to say what we don't know, then even more powerful work will, will emerge.
0: Those are like awesome books. Definitely going to check those out. And second question, a SaaS company you love and why?
1: Uh, Yeah, I absolutely love this uh, company called the Klaus app, Uh, even though I've actually never used the app. uh, It's a conversation review and qa platform support for support teams that i ran into because i interviewed their ceo for another client uh, they have really useful content but as a content like strategist like i'm more interested in their really fun content like they have a cocktails with catitude, catitude cocktail recipe ebook uh, they have a coloring book for cool cats and they even have some like slack cat emojis so you're just never going to forget their cat mascot and like who doesn't love love cats right
0: <laughs> exactly Yes, awesome. Third question, favorite place to learn about marketing online?
1: Sure, my favorite place, um, the Ahrefs blog has been super helpful. Their blogging for business online course was like absolute gold for me.
0: Yes, Ahrefs, you can never go wrong. Fourth question, most important growth metric? Uh,
1: The answer you don't want to hear. It depends on the client, but (laughs) the one I follow most for B2B SaaS uh, and subscription companies is churn because they depend on long term customers to grow. like when you can't keep your return under control, it'll eat away at your revenue to the point where your business is unsustainable. Uh, And no matter how many new customers you acquire, if you can't get them to like stay, then we'll have our infamous leaky bucket syndrome.
0: Yes. And fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think it's okay to not know something and to screw up every now and then, but you just gotta be hungry to learn and build a network of, other awesome marketers so that you'll always have people to spar with i'm lucky enough to work with all marketers and i'm growing every day because of it but i know how lonely it can be when you're a lone marketer so so it doesn't mean you have to be alone even if you are a team of one
0: yeah and that's why you need to date a growth marketer
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) more content marketer
0: Yes. Awesome. Well, Audrey, I have to say this was fantastic. And thank you so much for coming on the Growth of Podcast. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Edward.
0: That was Audrey Agahan on What the Heck is Growth Marketing? So thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency, Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different.